Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to the Mick Clifford Podcast. Now, there are a few more emotive topics in public life than planning. Somebody wants to build a block of apartments near you. A developer intends building a wind farm over the way. A new road is planned. A new quarry. All of these kind of developments and many more often elicit objections, sometimes based on bad planning and others simply based on not my backyard. The capacity to object to new developments is much cherished in this country, but there are some in politics and business who maintain that the system as it stands is too slow and unwieldy and discourages prompt development. One area that's often cited in this respect is the house building programme that's going on, which is supposed to be a major plank in tackling the housing crisis. There are aspects to house building that are definitely held up as a result of uh, challenges to planning and Nothing wrong with challenging them and very often proof is in the pudding when challenges turn out to be successful. There are others though who say that if you interfere with the capacity to object it would be undemocratic and ultimately lead to bad planning. And those in broad terms are the two sides of the argument. Now a recent contribution to the debate came from the junior minister charged with planning Peter Burke who announced that the government is to look at reviewing the process and particularly how to cut down on the number of judicial reviews being taken against planning decisions and the way in which the cost of these cases are weighted. I suppose, very briefly, just for those who may not be familiar with it, in terms of planning, a planning application goes into your local county council, your local authority. That authority decides yay or nay. In the event of a disappointed party, whether it's either the the developer or the objector, they then go to Board Planola to appeal. The board is the final arbiter in that decision. They make their decision. Then, if either side believes that the law was not complied with in the process, they can and very often do apply for what's called a judicial review that takes place in the High Court. Now, one name that's a constant on judicial review lists in relation to planning, is Peter Sweepman. He's consistently brought cases against planning decisions from board Planola, and more often than not, he has won those cases. Apart from his frequent victories in the Irish courts, he has won three separate cases on planning that he brought to the European Court of Justice. He's a former woodturner, originally from a Fine Gael family that traces its involvement in public life right back to the foundation of the state. For those who are frustrated by the planning process, developers and some in politics, as I said, Peter Sweetman is, I suppose you could say he's respected, but regarded as highly annoying as an opponent. Some among that cohort, I'd suggest, would describe him as a contrarian. And you'll get a few who'd describe him as a crank, which I think would be completely off the mark by any objective standards on the basis that he is somebody who has shown that he knows his way around planning 
and his objections have proved fruitful on so many occasions through victory in the courts. The other side of the argument, kind of people who would promote community activism, um, environmentalism, and basically taking on the state in order to assert rights, a lot of people from that area would consider Sweetman to be something of a hero. He's publicity shy and rarely gives interviews, but he agreed to talk to the podcast this week as he feels he needs to speak out about the changes being proposed by the government. I started by asking Peter Sweetman how many judicial reviews he currently had on the go. I don't really know, but it's about 10, 12, 13, something like that. I have three, okay, that are dated, still running from 2014. They haven't gone into court yet. Because the state decided the challenge, we, we took up, there was four of them, I took four of them um, relevant to su- substitute consent. They challenged me all the way to the Supreme Court on the trial case. And then at the end, of when it was coming up for final trial, the board put their hands up. Can I stop you there? They're running from 2014. So is, in broad terms, are those reviews involved in a project that if you or or some people with you hadn't taken the judicial reviews, just you, okay, just you, if you hadn't taken those reviews, would those projects have gone ahead Circa 2014. So the eight years, whatever it is, that's at least eight years they have been held up if they get to go ahead in the end. Which they won't. Your case is they won't. The first one put the hands up. Right. It was, the first one was a quarry in Donegal. I won't embarrass the poor fella. (laughs) But anyway, his quarry, they were applying for substitute consent, which was the same as retention. Yes. For a quarry in an SAC. Right. And you can't do that. <laughs> right, but they, they, whatever it was board, doing, they, they got permission all the way to Board Planola, but they got judicial review. Well, it was, yeah, it, was went, it went to the council. Yeah. And the council automatically referred it to Board Planola, which was the right thing to do. And then uh, I went to the High Court. The state took an action saying that I, was, I should have taken on the council decision, not the board decision. I won that in... The High Court, I won it in the Appeal Court, and I won it in the Supreme Court. Do you have any rough idea of your your success percentage, to put it that way, in terms of judicial reviews? Try and be modest now. <laughs> I, I do know, OK, if we go back before 2012, when I won the Galway Bypass, I never won anything, because we didn't have any European law in Ireland. So your success is down largely to European law, and I... All, it's all based on European w- law. Within that Habitat Directive in particular, I think, yeah, is one Yeah, and the EIA Directive. It is, it is European and law. And so since they've come in in the last 10, 12 years, what kind of well, they came in. they came in a bit further than that. But the Habitats Directive came in in 1992. We had numerous... The Commission took numerous cases against Ireland for just for non-compliance, mm. non-compliance, non-compliance. We're, we're the worst compliant country in Europe. Slovenia is the best. And so, but in, in, in terms of your JRs, since they got up and going, to put it that way, yeah. what kind of success well, my last 30, the, my, That sounds a ridiculous number. My last 34 finalised cases, eh? yeah. I've won 30 of them. You've won 30 out of 34. And I suppose... And I, I, no, it's not this. I haven't lost the other three yet. Right, yeah, <laughs> so far. But I suppose... 
from your perspective, one, one, that, of the, one of the one of those would be the um, the Kerry Greenway. Kerry Greenway. Which, I'll talk to you about that in a minute. Now. Yeah. But I suppose, from your perspective, that kind of success rate vindicates the mere fact of taking them in the first place. That quite obviously, legally, something was wrong, and you went into court yeah. and rectified no, the planning we, terms. No, I put it. I'm pretty blunt, actually. My father was a solicitor, and a former minister for yeah. finance yeah, in yeah. the Coalition anyway, government. We, we, my I'm dyslexic. I didn't learn to read till I broke my neck. Right? That's well known. I suppose you can't, before you just walk away from that, you broke your neck, you were, you were involved in a serious accident in your 20s, I think. In, yeah, in, um, yeah in the car crash. Yeah. Car crash, yeah. yeah. Go on, yeah. And um, the shrink in the matter taught me to read. Never taught me to write. <laughs> this did. He's right. I have no, I have no paper. I'm a completely paperless office. You do everything on, on everything the laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, you're dyslexic. And yet, I think it is fair to say, and I'm not flattering you, in terms of your record, you have taken on some of the best legal brains. And I think possibly one reflection of that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but as I understand it, you never have any problem getting legal counsel and that you certainly wouldn't get them if they were going to lose because in most instances, they wouldn't get well, their costs. That's, 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 that's what Mr. Burke's on about. Right, we'll come to that again now in a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, but the, but the, he, he's trying to deprive me of my counsel. I understand that. I know, but it, it, it is true to say that, and I've yeah, we, researched this independently, yeah. you never have any problem getting legal counsel, and that is a reflection on the fact that the cases that you take on, most lawyers think they're going to win it. No, no, we, we would, um, yeah, well, no, we, 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 we uh, I wouldn't say we're going to win it. Well. Uh, there's two ways of looking at them. Some, some we would only take on because we think we can, we're going to win. And some would, we would take on because we believe we'd make very good law by winning them. Hmm. No, can I just hold you there just in terms of the legal end things? And we'll, we'll, we'll come to the specifics in a minute. One thing that does arise, though, and as I say, you have a very high success rate. And in those instances, you get your costs and your lawyers are paid. In the cases where you lose, Peter, because you are in legal terms a so-called man of straw... The state doesn't must, matter. Doesn't matter. But the point anymore. I'm making is, in those instances which, which, where it's been shown yeah. that your challenge doesn't have a basis, the state has to pay their own lawyers. Yeah. Is that fair? Yes, because it's a part of the House agreement. I took case. I took cases where I wasn't covered. I took a case. Probably the most important case I took was on a little bit of a road. Actually, it was 20 metres of road in Clare, which went through an SAC. SEC is a special area conservation. Yeah. I took that one. Um, I got a brilliant judge. I lost the case. But we made an awful lot of good law. And he awarded me half my costs because I'd made good law. In that instance, but in, in other instances. And that, that was then the future, at the time, the future Chief Justice Frank Clark. Right. And I, I read elsewhere that you, he's somebody that you've encountered in conferences and you've had very respectful exchanges based oh, yeah. on the law. And I, yeah. I, I think that's interesting of itself. But just on that tiny point, and that is that the people who suggest that our planning laws uh, allow for too much of a process before anything gets going will say that when somebody like you takes these actions, You've nothing to lose, to put it that way. No, but I don't take them for fun. If I don't take I don't take cases that I, as I said, with relevant to the bypass, um, it, it's not a good enough case to take. 
I don't say, I'd say if, if in if I was taking the same case someone like Slovenia, I would win it. Right. <laughs> but um, we're not. Um, we're Slovenia complies with the law. In fact, it comes back to Tito. I think when Tito said jump, they said how high. Well, there's a small problem there too, and that it was a totalitarian dictatorship. Right, yeah, because when Ireland when Ireland gets Ireland's version of thing, when Ireland gets a, a directive, which Ireland every directive, whether the English liked it or not, the same. Every directive, English and Irish, every directive came was everyone was passed by an unanimous vote. In, in the Dáil. No, in the European Court. In oh, the excuse European me. Ca- ca- Council of Ministers. Sorry, yeah, yeah. A majority vote in the Parliament. In the Parliament, but it's, it's unanimous in the Council of Ministers. Yeah, yeah. and it's unanimous a vote from the Commission. Yeah. The Commission is right. No, can I bring you to Mr. Burke, the Junior Minister, yeah. who has come out, and it's been some bit controversial. And I, I think I think it's also fair to say there have been those who have nodded in agreement with him, just as there have been those who've disagreed with him at a political level, including members of the opposition and including some members of the coalition from the Green Party. And that is to do with Peter Burke wants to advance plans that will limit the possibilities for judicial reviews for planning decisions. And Leo Varadkar has been quoted as supporting him both in the Dáil and at the uh, Fine Gael Parliamentary Party meeting. That, Peter, might I suggest, you would be one of the main targets there because you are, if I could put it this way, and I mean it respectfully, a serial judicial reviewer, yeah. <laughs> litigant. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I've sort of like to think, I'm getting old now, right? I would like to retire. But as the board, board Panola decisions and the state decisions don't improve, they're getting worse, right? Right. No, if I, I, I say, if I stop now, they'd run riot. Ireland has done the biggest backpedal of any European Union country on the, the Aarhus Convention, right? Could we just explain the Aarhus Convention now for people that don't? In, in, in the Aarhus terms. Convention is a European convention. It's a, it, not a European convention, actually. It's a European part of it. But it's a, a United Nations convention of basically on towards on human rights for the environment, right? There are certain things on it. We were the, the last country in the EU to ratify it. It basically to sort of ratify it. Objections can be made... No, it's about public consultation. Public consultation, excuse and me. Public consultation is the fundamental of it, right? But public consultation without, you know, by allowing the people to consult publicly and then ignoring them is not public consultation. We're the only country in Europe which requires you to pay to be consulted. Right. Now, if I want to put a submission into the council, I have to pay them 20 euro, euros for the privilege of being submit, of submitting it. Right. The same thing, if I want to go to object to a board Panola's decision, um, I have to, if somebody else to get involved, it's 50 quid or, or 220, right? And um, we're the only country in the world that anyone else can go in for nothing. But basically, we also, when it comes to taking a, a JR in the courts in Ireland, we're the most expensive country in Europe. Well believe that. And we're, we're, we're the well believed, we're the most expensive country in Europe because the court system in Ireland, right, you know, they actually got it together. I laugh at this. So we could actually record and pl- plug in the net into, into cases. 
Or during the pandemic, yeah. in terms of remote hearings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we didn't think that they were capable of that. No, no. <laughs> because you, we, we couldn't do anything. But take it back to Peter Burke's planning proposals. Yeah. Let me put it this way to you. It would seem to me that he and, and others are coming from a position that they feel that the capacity to hold up planning projects is far too wide. And that one expression of that that keeps it going longer than any others is, is the uh, ability for people to seek a judicial okay. review. Can you understand his position I, first? No, I don't, because he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. <laughs> you tell me what your position well, is. Well, firstly, we have delays on planning, right? We have eight weeks from the time of the decision of the board to launch a judicial review, right? Technically, it's returned, right? If sometimes it's returned for three weeks' time, right? The board go in, this is against the board, sir, three weeks' time, and they look for an adjournment. I'm saying, right, I'm refusing to give the board trying to refuse to give the board more than eight weeks to respond to me. Because if I have to write it in eight weeks, why shouldn't they respond to it in eight weeks? They don't do it. I have the three cases I talked about in 2014. They haven't responded to them yet. So, sorry, your point is that, that anybody who, for example, who wants to take a judicial review has eight weeks from the, from the time the board makes its decision. Not when it's published, from the time they make the decision. From the time they make the decision, they have eight weeks. And the point you're making is that that's all very well, but therefore the board should come back within another eight weeks to, to respond to it. Yeah. Right. I, have, I have a the other case against... That doesn't happen? No. I have the case against um, ALAB on the fish farm in Bantry Bay. Um, which was in November, October, I think it was, we launched it, right? None of them haven't applied yet. Okay, and supposing they were to go ahead with the type of... Now, he's also including, and I know this would go against the House Convention, suggesting that there might be restrictions on who can... Um, there are. Apply, yeah, apply for a judicial... I, I, I could see where they'd be running into trouble there. But supposing they go ahead with this legislation... Yeah. What would be the harm in it? Well, it would be inviting another court case from me. <laughs> and on what basis? That the, the legislation is, is contravenes... It would be absolutely contrary to the IHOUSE Convention and debating points on that. I think, I believe I can take a case. I, we're not certain on this. It's, it's going around, put it that way, talk. I believe I could take a case in the, on, against, on, based on the IHOUSE Convention in the European Court of Human Rights because it's, it's a United Nations Treaty which is implying adding to human rights and environmental rights. And if they're going to dilute it, I'd take that to the European You'd be confident, Peter, that if Mr Burke and the government went through with what, what roughly what's been proposed, you'd be confident you'd be able to get it blocked? As long as I live long enough. Right. <laughs> it can take a long time with a very slow... The slow grind of justice, that's another matter. Come back again. Yeah. I'm coming to you as a representative of the government of the local authorities, whatever. Peter, what can be done to ensure that judicial reviews, which take up not just court time, but obviously delay projects, what can be done to minimise the requirement that people will have for going for a judicial review? To comply with the law. It's that simple. Well, it mustn't be simple because there are so many there. That the, but the... the, 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 the the standard of what we're doing is abominable. Have you ever been offered a job by the government? No, in they don't even talk to me. 
I don't exist. Well, it's obvious that you have a handle on planning issues that is, yeah. it would appear... No, no, no. That wouldn't be... That, 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 that's a bit overplaying it, right? Right. I have a handle on a certain section of planning. Right. Planning is a very broad subject. Oh, absolutely. But you, 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 you have a handle on when the directives in particular that yes. come from Europe are not being applied yeah. properly no, here. No, see, I came into planning as an NIMBY. Tell us that. When your family owned land in Nason, there was plans for a pig farm there. Yeah, yeah. My, um, my, plan, my grandfather would have owned it at one stage. Um, and anyway, the field was, had belonged to my grandfather. And it was, or great-grandfather, I think it was, it was on the banks of the Liffey. And they're going to put a three-storey pig farm on the banks of the Liffey. And the, okay, feed went in, <laughs> and sausages and shit came out. <laughs> and it wasn't quite the right place for it. And that's what I introduced never got into you. planning. It never got into planning. But that's what introduced you that to the concept of, of objecting, to put it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My next case, I the next. How, how old were you then? I was quite raised in the early nineties. In the early 90s. So you're talking about 30 years. 30 ago. years, yeah. And, and, and I was that, an old fogey then even, right? You are. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing led to another then in terms of your interest in this area. Yeah, my next case was in France. Right. The, same, right. the same pig unit. The sa- oh, right. Um, so you had a bit of farm with them. No, no, what's his name? Um, Jimmy Goldsmith had a place oh, in Jim, France. He was, yeah, big industrialist in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. supermarket paper, I'm thinking, right? Um, he had one and they were building it on the next door farm to him. So he got in touch with me to find out how I won the one in Kildare. Very good. And he won the one in France. (laughs) To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Peter, the other thing that arises is that you're identified as an environmentalist and you have a background in environmentalism, yeah. but at the same time, you object to some projects that would be considered to be not just environmentally sound, but environmentally desirable. And one that comes to mind, is just one I'm familiar with myself, is the South Kerry Greenway, which has been planned for a number of years and has been held up and is currently still being held up as a result of a judicial review um, launched by yourself, among others. But I'm just saying in instances like that, and in some instances for wind farms, which, you know, some people would suggest are very environmentally desirable, you object to those as well. It's not just roads and it's not just um, what you might call what generally environmentalists object. Well, um, we'll go back to the, start, we start with the Greenway. The Greenway, in my opinion, and it still is, and it, 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 we won't, we haven't, we've launched a, uh, we've launched a petition to the Supreme Court to take it in, right? Because I say I, I, I say it's wrong in European law. It's very simple why it's wrong and non-environmentally friendly in European law. Because one of the fundamental points which we dealt earlier on, the, the design of the project which is getting permission has to be applied for. The project that got permission in the Kerry Greenway was not the one that was applied for. 
They cut off four, four kilometres at the end. So the Kerry Greenway, which used to go from A to B, now only goes from A to half B. Even if that were the case, I'm talking about in general terms, that, apart from economically, environmentally, is a very sound concept. Who says? Well, it's tourism. It's tourism. It's sustainable tourism. It's tourism using cycling. It's uh, not adventure, but it's activity tourism. It's uh, it's using uh, an old railway line. Now, I'm only, this is just one example, but all of those things it has going for it. Why would an environmentalist object to it? So... Because it's contrary to your it's contrary to European. So are you are, are you beyond being an environmentalist? Are you a contrarian? Possibly. I probably I would no I, I would be, but I wouldn't. As I say, back to the Galway one, I could have taken a, a, a contrarian case there. I decided not to. I don't think I've ever openly in my own mind, in my mind, taken what I call, would call a contrarian case. I've taken cases that other people considered contrarian. But that's a different thing altogether. How many cases come to you every week, roughly, or every month, say, for instance? Depends on how hard I look. Well, no, but people seek you out now, I No, think. no, no, it's mostly, most, most of them are home discovered. Most of them, you come across what's mm. going on and you decide to take action. Mm. More so than people ring you up and say, you know, Peter, somebody wants you to most look at them, this. Most of them I don't take because most of them are, are, most of them are, are on the wrong grounds. Right, so mo- most of the cases you take, you, 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 for instance, you spot, for example, in the media, a particular... No, I don't even... I, how, how would you spot it? I, I read the board panola list. Right. I read most of the council lists, and I watch various things. I spend... I have a, a couple of helpers reading lists for me, and they would... Look, things tell me to, ones to look at. I read the board panola... I have somebody else checks the board panola list for me as well. It's important. Um, I look for things whereby, where I think they're going to break the law. <laughs> I usually find them right. And I seem to be embarrassingly good at finding the mistakes. Like, I would say, in fact, I don't, wouldn't say, because the, the commission agreed with me, right, that um, every decision they've made since, the last, since October on forestry has been illegal in European law. I was going to come to forestry. That's yeah. another area where you have made... Now, I took one so far. Well... One, one judicial review. I, I saw... Uh, can I tell you what the judicial review you, was? You, well, hold on. Can I tell you this first? Mm-hmm. In between... And correct me if this is not right, but as I understand, between January 18 and June of 2020, there were 624 objections or... or, or submissions. Submissions, excuse me, objecting to tree felling. No, and no, 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 no. Objecting to replanting without proper. I objecting don't. to replanting. And out of, those, out of those 624, 351, you were responsible for? Over Probably. half. Over half. Yeah, definitely over half. And now we're talking again at a time when there's a, an issue over availability of timber for the construction industry, no, no, no more than anywhere else. Mm. Um and when the, the the whole it's a two billion euro industry and there's major consternation in it at how slow everything is moving. Admittedly, there are people who will say that a lot of it is down to inefficiencies in the government, but a huge amount of it people will also say is down to the level of submissions, I objections, submission whatever you want to call I, it. I, it's a submission. I, whether I put a submission in or not at the time, it doesn't matter. It's they have to do it right, and they didn't, and they're still not doing it right. 
At the moment, the whole thing, I'm waiting on the Commission to take action against them. because European Commission? Yeah, because it's completely outside the law. And you can't, at the moment you pay, like I took, we took one case there recently. We got it Monday before last. The, um, the forestry and the department put their hands up. Um, they made a, a decision based on the, that this development would have no, had no connection with the Water Framework Directive, right? The river ran straight through the middle of the site. Right. Tell me. <laughs> we couldn't resist that. Do you get a kick out of seeing where they've gone wrong in terms of planning? I get a kick out of winning. Yeah, you get a kick out of Of course of I do. Any, and again, anyone, who says, back, any, anyone who says they don't get a kick I'd out of winning I'd is agree a liar. You. But I'm coming back again to that issue as to in terms of the winning. Is the winning because environmentally you see something is unsound or is it that you see something and you just want to take it on because you believe that legally it may not be sound. I was brought up by my old man who was actually a solicitor as well, right? And we believed in the rule of law. Pinny Gale back in the 50s and 60s did. Now they're as bad, they're worse than Fianna Fáil. Well, they claim, <laughs> claim the opposite. But that's, well, I, I think yeah. they're worse yeah. because Fianna Fáil is up front and they're not. <laughs> They do it behind the doors. They've been every bit as bad about non-compliance with European law. There's, I don't think... I, I, there's, the standard of TDs in the door has reached, I, I think, rock bottom. Now, I, That's a I, bit harsh, no, I would have no, said. No, no, I, I, I really respect four TDs. Do you want to name them? Well, let me put it this way. Name the ones you really respect. I'd be curious to know them. Right? Yeah. Ivana Bacic. Lawyer. Yeah. Catherine Connolly in Galway. A lawyer. Michael Healy Ray. I don't agree with him, but I respect him. And Michael Fitzharris. Fitzmaurice. Fitzmaurice, sorry. From Roscommon. Yeah. I respect him. He's he's not quite as well as researched as, as um, Michael Healy Ray. But um, I've, I've taken a case against the Healy Rays and won. Do you receive abuse, Peter, for some of the positions you take? I've had three bullets in the post. Separately? And yeah, separate separately. Locations. Yeah. And separate. do you know what... No, I don't want you to name them, but do you have an idea what projects specifically they were related to? Uh, I know one. Right. And tell me, but have you ever been um, confronted physically? Have you ever... Yes. Ever, you have? Oh, yeah. And again, without giving names, give us a, an indication. I didn't that. actually know who I was being, what they were. Like. The worst part, actually, I didn't get them, but um, Monica, my partner, or my co whatever, she, she got them, right, which is the worst of the whole lot, right? She got used toilet paper in the post. Right. Now, that's far worse than the bullets. <laughs> in some ways, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, the bullets say, the bullets, the bullets, no problem. Do you know why? I have it. They can't shoot me with it. <laughs> but have you ever been confronted physically by people who are objecting to? Yeah. Uh, and, and just give us an example of what might have happened there. I never, never. I've never been. I've been confronted that I always thought if I had responded, it could have gone to violence. But I just don't. I just ignore it. I move on. I just ignore it. Um, most. It takes two to have a row. And I'm a great believer in that. You know, you can't, um, it, it's very hard to have, to hit someone who won't respond to you. And I played that card. 
Do you see a public interest element in your motivation? I never really looked at it. <laughs> I believe, I believe the difference is, I believe in right and wrong. And I'm an advocate of doing it right. I don't do it for, as you probably say, I'm a, on the whole reluctant for publicity. I've never issued a press release in my life. Yeah, in fairness, you do. Yeah. It's yeah. hard enough that to get a hold of. Right, you know. <laughs> um, I do it. I don't do it. I certainly, no one could say I do it for publicity. No, I think that's, I think. That, <laughs> that's a given. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair enough, yeah. In fact, I'm vehemently against, I'm against um, mixing law and publicity. Now, it sounds crazy, but I've never actually looked at it. You're doing it 30 odd years now. I know, but I've never looked at that reasoning. Can I put it another way to you? Supposing in the morning somebody from the government or a representative of, say, for example, uh, a local authority um, association that represented senior management, supposing somebody of that ilk came to you and said, Peter, will you work for us as a consultant? Will you show us how we can get it right such that people like you are not going to go to the courts over us? I did oh, it. What would your I've reaction be? I've done it. Have you? Where? Um, I acted for the. I acted as European court, European law advisor to the um, Galway Harbour extension. Right. And we've just about won it now. How did that feel? Did it feel any different than than it taking on the system? It was strange, and um, I think they were very well. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not sure, and I haven't looked at it my the normal way. I don't think the decision that the board made was. Was, no, I'll put it that. It wasn't a very... And the, the method, the decision was okay. The method of making it wasn't okay. <laughs> they got into the wrong order. <laughs> but you effectively helped out a state agency there to get something through rather than uh, no, preventing I, I, something no, on the basis. No, 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 no. Okay. I wouldn't agree with that at all. Well, describe no, it to no, me, No, no, I so. wouldn't agree with that. I helped them I helped them get it right. Yeah, sorry. That's very different. Me. You helped them get it right as opposed to... to doing it wrong. To showing... Where they've done it wrong, which is is, is what normally, you, yeah. yeah, they asked me, yeah. but they asked me to. And um, would you be open in general to approaches like that? I've done quite a lot on the way. I've 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 devil's advocated quite a lot of um, natural impact statements for quarries. Right. I, That's what pri- private operators would come to you and yeah, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me, Peter, just one other thing. Um, you're no spring chicken, if I may yeah. put it that way. But you, no sign of you slowing down. You're, 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 you're oh, I've slowed down. Have you slowed down? Mm-hmm. Would you still put in a relatively solid day's work? Um, what she says, I've, I've slowed down quite a lot. I'm down to about 70 hours a week. 70? <laughs> 70. That's what Monica says. And if you, if you don't mind me asking, what, what age are you now? I'm pushing 80. You're investing 70 hours a week? Uh, yeah, roughly. Um, I work and sleep. <laughs> you work and sleep? Yeah, that's more or less it. Very boring at that time. You obviously find it fulfilling. Yeah. Do you have any interest or do you believe that when, when your life's work is done, that people will be able to say, one way or the other, that you contributed oh, to no, the evolution of planning? I've done that already. You've done that already? You have contributed to good planning in the country. You're, co- you're confident about that? Yeah. The, and the Galway bypass case, the three cases so far, the three judgments I've had in, in the European court have been massively beneficial to the Irish. Coming back to Peter Burke's proposals, yeah. is this a challenge that you could rise to in terms of taking it on? Do you, do you view it that way? 
Oh, I think he's fundamentally wrong. So you, would you see it as, as a challenge, a personal challenge, if I could put it that way, as somebody who, let's face it, uh, some people within the system would say you're Mr. Judicial Review in terms of planning, with the caveat that the vast majority, you might say all of your challenges are successful, which showed their merit in the first place. But what I'm getting at is that quite obviously a lot of people in government and some in industry in that see the system as being deficient in that respect. Do you see that as a challenge to what you do? Well, I suppose so, but I've got to win anyway. Right. <laughs> no, it, it, it just... It, it's the wrong approach to a problem. And there is a problem. And I've explained the problem to you. Yeah. The problem is incompetence. How do you get past that, so? Well, firstly, the first way you get past a problem of incompetence, right, is you admit that you have it. As long as you've used things like this Burke's thing to get over the incompetence, you'll never solve the incompetence. Would you like to be on, on board Planola? No, I'd hate it. Why? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't find it, I, I wouldn't find it a challenge. Well, you'd be in a position. No, that's not what I'm at. Um, I wouldn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be. Why? Because... I if, don't know. If you were, for example, on the board, you'd be inside the tent, directing your ire outwards, if I could put it that way, rather than your current position of being outside it, directing your ire inwards. That wouldn't I, I appeal to you. That would I I I believe would. If you produced another me on the outside, that might be different. But as long as I'm not on the outside, there isn't a me on the outside. There'd be no challenge. Peter Sweetman, thanks very much for talking to us today. Yeah. That's it for today, folks. As usual, want to thank our engineer JJ Vernon. I thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all again next week. In the meantime, go easy. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.